Welcome, everybody. Today, once again, Ed Dowd joins us. Kelly Victory came in for this special appearance of Ed Dowd. And we have promoted this as a bombshell, but I would say jaw-dropping data is a little more accurate. It's uh, extraordinary what he has to talk to us about today. And uh, he will take us through his findings, and uh, you arrive at your own conclusion. Of course, Ed is a, a businessman, a data analyst, and he is just looking at the facts and presenting them to all of us and Kelly and myself to try to make sense of it. But there are some uh, extraordinarily outlying phenomenon underway here, and we need to figure out what that is. We, of course, are out there on the Restream. We are on uh, Rumble and the Twitter spaces. We may have an opportunity to take a little, couple calls today. We'll see. Tomorrow, we have uh, Mr. Ye Dr. Yaden in here. Uh, that'll be at a different time. It's a 1130 Pacific, an earlier time. But today, we are going to get on with it with Ed Dowd right after this. And welcome. Let's uh, bring Ed Dowd in straight away here. Ed, welcome back. Thanks for having me on, Dr. Drew. Great to be here. So for people who don't know you, explain who you are and why you're someone who fell into this role of looking at this data. So I'm an ex, uh, well, currently trying to start a company back on Wall Street, but uh, ex-Wall Street uh, investor, worked at BlackRock for 10 years, uh, picking stocks for growth portfolios, had to analyze trends and numbers and, uh, and, and data, and uh, that's what we did. We tried to figure out trends before everybody else did to make money for our clients. So I've come into this uh, strange world of um, the pandemic, and we've discovered excess deaths that are continuing on into 22 and 23. We've discovered disabilities across the globe. And uh, today we're presenting data from the UK uh, that's called the uh, Personal Independence Pension System. It's a disability pension that actually digs down into causes and uh, human systems. And we're not doctors, so we're presenting this data that's pretty stunning, and we're asking all doctors to kind of help us figure out what's going on. Let's put aside, let's suspend, what, what's the cause of it? Just We just need to know that this is occurring, it's a serious problem, and we need doctors to look at our data and help us explain what's going on. And remind me again, I actually forget, what, what got you interested in all this in the first place? Uh, I started seeing anomalies occurring in 21, uh, early 21, uh, just strange occurrences of uh, sudden deaths amongst uh, athletes, um, started to hear about people getting sick and having adverse events. Now, obviously, I think it's linked to something, but let's suspend that for a moment. Let's just talk about the data that we're seeing today. It's pretty, pretty devastating and, and, and overwhelming, and it overwhelms my team and I because we're just, we're sad to see this kind of damage going on currently in the population and who is your team so uh again yeah i wrote a book cause unknown the epidemic of sudden death in 21 and 22 my team is carlos alegria yuri nunes we're partners of the of the firm finance technology spelled with a ph uh they're both phd physicists and carlos has, has a phd in finance as well we come from the uh, wall street world we also have assembled a team of volunteers, data scientists, and other PhD physicists. We have editors, we have uh, some Silicon Valley uh, support now. So we have a team of people. Uh, the data I'm presenting is not a bunch of guys with spreadsheets on the internet. This is serious work that took months to, to, uh, to analyze and present in the format that we put on our website. And basically, any doctor can go to this report, look at a human system, and then go drill down into the cause and see the changes uh, in the claims that, that are occurring over time. It's a time-based series. And we analyze statistical uh, occurrences and, and whether or not they're normal. Circling back to cause unknown, it, t talk to people for a minute about what you did find there, because I know the conversation goes back and forth. Were there sudden deaths? Were there not sudden deaths? Was it just being overreported? What, what did you actually find there? So we found there was a mix shift. Uh, there were excess deaths in 2020, about 500,000 in the U.S. They were mostly old. There was another 500,000 in 2021, and that there was a huge mix shift from old to young. And that's when uh, millennials and Gen uh, X really started to go off the rails and have excessive uh, mortality. Uh, later on in our investigation, we started looking at the U.S. disability data. And that seemed to be detrimentally affecting the employed more so than the rest of the general U.S. population. We looked at actuarial data, and that seemed to be the worst. Those who were employed at Fortune 500 
and mid-sized companies had really bad high excess mortality, especially amongst the millennials. And there was an event in the third quarter of 2021 where uh, excess mortality for millennials rose to 84% above normal. Hmm. And did anybody ever explain that? Was that ever uh, taken up by anyone else to sort of look into it? Or you've been hitting headwinds in terms of getting any kind of uh, attention with that data? We've gotten some attention. I, I, I presented this data before Senator Ron Johnson in December. It is getting out there, but not in the in the way that it needs to be with regulatory authorities investigating this. Some of the some of the uh, explanations I heard were drug overdoses, missed cancer screening treatment uh, appointments, and suicides, which it, it temporarily didn't make any sense. Then then later on, they they blamed Delta. They said Delta. Uh, only affected the young because their immune systems are so robust that it, it, it somehow affected their immune system more so than the older folks. Just nonsensical things that were never, you know, uh, they were said in, 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 in the press, but never, uh, there was never a study behind any of this. Now, I'm starting to see more publications. I, I know we're going to sort of stay out of this argument for the minute, but I'm starting to see more data on post-COVID phenomenon, still hard data to kind of slog through. I mean, it, it looks like something's going on, but nobody asking questions about anything other than post-COVID or whether there was coexistent vaccine or anything. Although I did see one study that tried to parse that out a little bit and seemed to do so. Have you seen any of that data? No, we we, we haven't. And long COVID is a thing. It's not, it's not, it's not, a fake thing. Long COVID is real. Some people, they get COVID, continue to, to unfortunately manufacture the spike, the spike protein in themselves without any vaccination. So that's a thing. And it, but it, it, the numbers are not, uh, it does, the numbers of the long COVID cases doesn't explain what we're seeing. Yeah, nor does missed cancer screening that, that you'll see when we show this data, that that's an almost an absurd notion that young people who, by the way, don't get cancer screening. Let me ask this. It would, I mean, don't typically get cancer screen anyway. Um, but are we, in the numbers you're going to show us, does it parse out by age group somewhat? Oh, you can go into this data. We, we, uh, and today we're going to talk about totals, but you can go into the data and you can look at different age groups. And it go, the data sets for uh, every five years. So you can, you can go in yourself as a doctor, look at the ages that are being affected, and uh and analyze it yourself but the, the the total is devastating in and of itself but there are, it's all age groups it's not just the old is it, it, it because we're not going to get into it, i just want to throw this out there at the beginning would it be accurate to say that it's fairly uniform across all ages or there there's uh some sort of pattern to it um it you know it depends it depends on the cause and the human system but it looks pretty uniform to me just eyeballing it um it's it's not this which is, is not, weird uh, which is skewed, this is not this is not skewed to the old it's it's weird if we're gonna i we are gonna be talking a little bit about cancers and hematology as we get into this data and that is not exclusively but primarily illnesses of related to aging i mean that's where we see that stuff i mean that's actually why i take care of older patients i like taking care of people that have sickness thing things that i can do things for you know not people that just need me to sort of screen them and pat them on the back uh, and they are not young people that's on you i cancer hematological malignancies happen in young people but it certainly isn't uh, other than maybe aml and people in their 20s there's one illness that sort of peaks right in there and all in childhood sure peaks in there but everything else is is pretty much happens to older folk and uh i'm guessing did you, does it also break down by diagnosis if we were to get into this data so yeah so the humans we, we, we there's a two two different uh data sets is that you know the total human system and then you can go to the other one that does it human system then by cause the diagnose the actual cause and you can look at anything you want that's why we're calling on doctors because we're not doctors and we want them to look at this analyze and the data is the data and try to figure out what's going on in the UK. And also we can we can surmise this is going on in the US as well. And we can get to that later in the show. But um, this is this is just data with so much is so much data, it's so rich. We need help. We need people to look at this 
take our data, write your own paper, come to your own conclusions. We don't care. We're just presenting. We're just data scientists and analysts giving you the data. The statistical anomalies we find are so off the charts that it's concerning and regulators need to at least tell us that it's happening, which they're not, and why. And I noticed that John Campbell has been recently sort of making that plea over and over again, and he's been looking at the UK data and uh, and shaking his head. Like, what what is the level of incompetence that they can't at least uh, look at this and comment on it? Well, with that as a frame, I'm going to break early today because I want to get right into this bombshell data or jo- what I consider jaw dropping data. Uh, we are going to we are going to talk about some black swan events that need to be explained. Uh, Ed Dowd, once again, where should people go if they want to read your book? Where should they go if they want more information about your organization? So uh, finance, uh, Amazon. The, yeah, the, the book is on Amazon and financetechnologies.com spelled with a PH instead of an F. And I'm on Twitter at Edward Dowd, at Dowd Edward and uh, Getter at Edward Dowd. So the, I drop a lot of our reports on Twitter, but then you go to the website and you can, you, you know, have a field day with them. All right. We're going to break early, bring Dr. Kelly Victory in here, take care of some business, and then get into this data right after this. There's nothing in medicine that doesn't boil down to a risk-benefit calculation. It is the mandate public health to consider the impact of any particular mitigation scheme on the entire population. This is uncharted territory, Drew. It is indeed, uh, Dr. Victory. And today, before we get to the interview, uh, your producer wants to make a comment. Susan, you wanted to say something? I just want to give a shout out to Primal. Uh, Primal Life is our sponsor that does the teeth whitening system and they're giving us 60 percent off and you have to click on the link when you go to drdrew.com slash primal you kind of have to scroll around the page a little bit and look for the the link but it is a big discount and a great product all their products are amazing and um if people if people are interested they ought to check out the interview i did with the uh founder yeah we have that on the website and also um it just, I don't know. We're just trying to let everybody know that there is a big discount, but it is hard to find on the website. So you have to kind of hunt and pick. Okay. What's the code again? It's uh, Dr. Drew at checkout. Okay. Fair but enough. when you go to the link, it'll, it'll give you the discount. All right. Enough business On to the black swans. So Kelly, here you go. Have at it. Hey, Ed, always great to see you. Thanks uh, for making time to to join us again today. You know, you and I communicate frequently and you've been passing back and forth to me uh, the data as you and your team have been uncovering it and, and sourcing it, uh, it's sort of uh, trying to put it into different categories. For the purpose of today, you are a statistics and data guru, Um, but for the purpose of our audience and those who might not be, I'm going to ask you to explain what we are talking about today like I'm a five-year-old, like I have absolutely no background in statistics or data or an ability to read research so that people really understand what we're looking at. Um, So to be clear, the data that you're going to present and I want to pick through some of it uh, specifically, but the data you're presenting in general, if I'm uh, not mistaken, is information that came from the UK, from their disability, uh, fundamentally people in the UK file a disability claim for any particular reason, and you're looking specifically at those disability claims that were approved, if you will, so that they are being paid on. These are claims that are being paid on for people who have made a claim for some particular medical issue. Pretty much right? Correct. It's the UK Personal Independence Pension System. It's their disability payment system. Uh, 60% of the claims are dismissed. 40% are cleared. That's called a clearance or, or be, and is eventually paid. And that ratio has stayed the same throughout this whole uh, fiasco. Uh, there was, I, want, I, want to, I do want to highlight something that we put on our website. There was a delay uh, in processing these claims in 2021, and it got to 24 weeks in August of 2021. And then in 2022, it got to 16 weeks. So they, they brought the time of clearance down. There was a backlog due to, due to the uh, pandemic. Then as of January of 23, it's back down to normal 14 weeks. So the data we're presenting is that as of January 23, they, they, they issue this data every six months. So we'll get some new data to get us up to date soon. But 
Uh, I just wanted I wanted to throw that caveat out. There was a a log jam, and so some of the things you see in 2021 may be due to the log jam, but there's enough time series for us to analyze that something has gone off the rails, and especially in 2022. 2022 is when a lot of the signals really start to take take off. And so unlike what you had presented previously, it was just an overall general increase in disability claims, which we've seen in the United States, a huge increase in disability claims overall. You and your team have parsed this out into different disease systems or body systems. So it's not only what disabilities have increased, but based on a particular diagnosis or a particular medical condition so that we can look at it and say, what disabilities are related to cardiovascular issues or musculoskeletal issues or neurologic issues, skin issues, and on and on. So you went through and parsed it out based on different conditions, different medical diagnoses, if you will. And so in each one, I could say, I will summarize for you before we actually look, start looking at your slides. It is fair to say there is an overwhelming, cataclysmic increase in the incidence of many, many different categories of medical conditions. Something horrific is going on. And we as doctors, and certainly as a society, and as a you know medical complex, are obligated, in my mind, to understand not only that something is happening, but then start coming up with some theories or some ideas about what might be happening and how the heck we're going to address it. Because when I look at this data, it is, you know, I'm gobsmacked. It, it is absolutely overwhelming in terms of the implications, not only for human health and suffering, but for the, the cost of healthcare and for the, you know, solvency of our workforce, uh, if you will. So with that, I will let you take it from here and start with uh, how you'd like to present the data, and then I'll pop in with questions. Yeah, so the UK data is a treasure trove because it, it gives us causes. Uh, the, the disability data that we've talked about previously in the US is the US Bureau of Labor Statistics. It's not claims, it's a survey, but it's, it's, it, you know, it's, an, it's a survey that has given a strong, strong signal that we, we were able to parse it out between employed unemployed and the general population. And that showed a, a strong signal that something was going on in the employed workforce in the U.S. But it doesn't, uh, it's not a claim, it's a real-time survey. So that data, while great, uh, we were looking for data like this and we found it in the U.K. personal independence pension system. And, and this is, again, I want to reiterate, we're not doctors and we need the help of the medical community and the regulators to explain what's going on because it's alarming. So with that, let me start with the first slide, which is just the percentage increases over time of these different human body systems that uh, the claims have, the, the claims cleared and, and, and paid have gone up. And you can see, I'll point out hematolo hematology, hematological, which I didn't know what that was when my, my, my team and I first started doing this. I had to look it up. I'm not, a, again, I'm not a doctor. That's up 522% in 2022. And I want to say this is versus trend. Now, it's not versus 21 or 20. It's versus a trend that we analyze uh, from, from 2016 to 2019. So it, it's okay. a percent increase over trend. And the trends were stable. And then this exploded. And you can see, if you look uh, at, at this chart, different body systems started off slowly in 2020, picked up speed in 21, and just exploded in 2022. So something is going on that is detrimental to the population of the UK. We can link it to the U.S. because we've already linked the U.K. work uh, work time lost in the U.K. to the U.S. Same phenomenon there is going on. So it's it's not hard for us to surmise that if we had access to the U.S. data, we'd see similar results. And I, I just want to point out, you know, auditory issues up 121 percent in 2022 versus mm -hmm. trend. Cardiovascular 121. Uh, you know, uh, oncology just started going up this year in, in 2022. Uh, I, I mean, last year. Um, and then uh, genital urinaries up 142%. That has to do with the uh, reproductive system. So again, these, the, these numbers are just crazy percentage-wise. And then we can convert these into, and here's where I'm going to talk like, like your five-year-old, Dr. Kelly. Um, we can convert these things to what's called Z-scores or standard deviations. And a, a standard deviation, all it is is 
there's an average. Uh, there's an average of occurrences that occur around a mean, uh, the average. And the further away you get from the mean, the more uh, unlikely it is to occur. So, you know, things, things that jump out at you are called standard deviation events. So three standard deviations happens 0.3% of the time from, from, from normal. That's what that's what that's what statistics is. It's an observation from normal. So three standard deviations is 0.3 percent of the time. In Wall Street, that's a big deal. Um, a lot of these standard deviations from trend are just eye popping. We look at them on a monthly basis and an annual basis. And on the annual numbers, hematology is up 61 standard deviations from trend. And just to kind of you know give you an idea how kooky that is, that's like the probability of a black hole appearing uh you know near the earth and we get sucked in in two years i mean it's just it it, it, it it's not uh something that is likely to occur th- uh, mistakenly and, and, and in this case across all body systems i'll just read some of the, the yeah, next I wanna, slide i, can, I, I want to let's let's Ed, hang on before you do, let's put a number on that i'm, I'm imagining it's about point zero maybe ten zero uh one percent Somewhere in that yeah, zone, point zero 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 one. Yeah, it's way. Or is it twenty zeros? It could. It could be twenty. I didn't do the math, but I'll tell you this: it's look in Wall Street. A three standard deviation is called a tail event. It doesn't happen that often, um, and that you know sometimes we see extreme six uh, standard deviation events, and that's that's kooky. Sixty-one standard deviations is lights out, black swan event. Right. Something's gone off the rails. I mean, it's just. You can, it's it's so many zeros and so unlikely to happen by accident that it has to be explained, and that's what we're we're calling on the medical community to explain this. That's it. Yeah, right. yeah. The, cra- the crazy thing is, if if it were twenty sigma, if we're twenty sigma, that would be true. Sixty sigma. Yeah. You said that. I was like, I, that's not even. I I can't even like understand that far out outline. Now, now and you have to put it in the perspective of. As I say, uh, you say have that, to put in perspective yeah. also that it's, that it's not just one body system; it's all of them yeah. happening at the same time. Well, it's several. So yeah, that yeah. well, several, a dozen at least, Ed, right? A dozen yeah. systems yeah. at least that show this At least, at least a, a dozen systems have gone off the rails above ten standard deviations on an annual basis. Mm. On a monthly basis, the standard deviations are lower because we have more occurrences. But on an, on an annual basis, it's a disaster. On a monthly basis, it's, it's still a disaster and still black swan events. So it's black swan whether you look at monthly or yearly, and we we, we present both. So it's 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 insane. So to give it, give people an idea, for example, let's take something like um, auditory issues, things that might, as a physician, I could tell you things, diagnoses that would fall under the gross category of auditory would be things like tinnitus, ringing in the ears, hearing loss, okay, those sorts of things, development of an acoustic neuroma. Um, those are things that would all fall under auditory. If you think about things that would fall under the cardiovascular umbrella, that could be anything from myocarditis, pericarditis, uh, heart attack, myocardial infarction, certainly rhythm disturbances, death, uh, rhythm disturbances. Those would all fall under that umbrella. And we can go through Pot each of syndrome. the different systems. Yes, POTS, you know, a positional orthostatic tachycardia would fall under that. So there are lots of different things that would fall under each of these categories. But each one is so off the charts in terms of the statistical increases. Was there anything, Ed, there any category for which you saw things less than trend? Was there anything for which the current numbers were below trend? Or even at trend? Uh, there's a category... There's a category called others, and that was below. That, that, that's uh, below trend. Uh, everything, everything went up. Everything went up, and um, you know, some more than others. And you know, I, I just want to post the chart of the hem- the hematological body system, the year-over-year chart. Just to show you what that looks like. But before you do, and, 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 I, I'm going to have you put it up. But but before we dig into it, I I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, you know, when we start to make 
observations about cardiac and cancer and stuff, people, I, I feel people immediately getting more rigid in their position. It'd be really interesting to me if we use the audio as sort of the marker, because I have seen ringing in the ears, loss of hearing from both COVID and from the vaccine and from both. And people don't get as exercised about about that system as they do about, say, cardiac, where it's, no, 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 it's not that, it's not that. But it, it's interesting to me that I have seen both with the audio system. Well, Kelly? The visual system is up 80% uh, in, uh, from trend, trend in 2022. It was up 9% mm. in 21, and it was... Uh, the visual was actually down a little bit in 2020. So the visual system is also getting hammered as well. Yeah. Visual and so auditory. what I'm going to throw out there just right now, and then we'll delve into it later. I'm just going to plant this seed for everybody when we go to look at the data. I, as a doctor, because you're, you're asking for the input of physicians, the way I'm going to look at this, mm -hmm. because I have seen that, is that we are having an epidemic of itises. Itis, the, you know, the, the, the uh, suffix itis at the end of something, whether it's neuritis, appendicitis, pericarditis, means inflammation, okay? It, we are yeah. having an epidemic of inflammation. Now, there's no question, yeah. Drew, that you are right, that COVID itself causes an inflammatory reaction. But the yep. thing causing the inflammatory reaction is without a doubt the spike protein. And I will tell you that the more quickly you get that, that inflammatory agent away from you, the more quickly you will resolve that inflammation. And there's something out there that doesn't let you get away from that toxic spike protein. There's something out there that keeps the inflammatory process going. And we can all you know, surmise what that might be and get into that later. But I will tell you, when I look at the data, each category is an epidemic of inflammation and itises. That's yeah. what all of these yeah. are. Yeah, and if 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 you remember, I, the cancer and hematology part is a little mysterious to me, but but I agree with you on it, virtually everything else. And if you remember back when we first interviewed Ryan Cole, the three of us agreed that endotheliitis was the primary inflammation, the inflammation of the arteries of the blood supply. And that's where this was going on. Interestingly enough, is it an interesting that things like budesonitis and decadron, steroids, and fluvoxamine, which is actually an anti-inflammatory through the sigma-1 receptor in the brain. These were the things that were useful in COVID. Very interesting, isn't it, that this is all kind of coming together. But anyway, let's get to the data. And by the way, yeah, let, let me also throw in there, by the way, what a great anti-inflammatory is ivermectin. Uh, ivermectin is a, it has very, very powerful. Um, you remember the horse paste. Uh, a very powerful yes, yes. anti-inflammatory. Anyway, <laughs> so all right, so get to do we let's look at that. You wanted to look at the cardiovascular data. That's well, I want I want to look at a. I just want to go through a couple of slides. Let's look at hematology. Just I just want people to visualize it. It's a year-over-year uh, -year chart um, uh, that has blue bars. It would be chart uh, three. There it is. And so that's wow. just a stunning visual. Amazing. That's a stunning visual. That's, the, that's, that's from trend. Um, then we can throw up the cardi cardiac failure uh, trend on a month. I think I have it on a monthly basis. And you can see cardiac failure. That's chart four. Um, there it is. There's cardiac failure. You can see the, you, you know, what it was looking like trend before. And that's up 513%. Uh, the Z score there is 17. Uh, and then the final, uh, uh, not the final, but the, uh, the fourth chart is, or the fifth chart is, uh, no, I'm sorry, the fourth chart is autistic spectrum disorders. This is, uh, this is baffling to us. This is up 255%. Again, we're not doctors. I, I have no I idea what to make of that. That's weird. That is weird. Yeah, that's weird. So that's weird. <laughs> Let me we help you out. I wasn't aware. I, I wasn't aware there was adult onset on autism, but that that's that's occurred. So that's something yeah. to be investigated. I don't I don't even pretend to know what's going on there, but it's up. And then finally, yeah. I just want to present the, the final it. slide. Is, yeah, the final slide uh, I want to present is um, uh, the U.S. disability data that uh, as of June, 
Uh, that's slide uh, five, I believe. It's uh, yeah, there it is. So I've talked a lot about this data. It's a survey. It's a real time survey, and you can see it started going off the rails statistically in, in uh, February of twenty one and took off. And then it kind of the rate, the good news was the rate of change slowed, but unfortunately, in the last two months, we've added one point three million or one point two million new newly disabled as self-identified from this survey. So it took off in June, we added 850,000. Looks like it's, um, the rate of change is accelerating again. So we have a crisis. We, this, I, I, you know, I don't wanna, you know, I, know, I, I have an idea what it is, but look, we, need, we need to come together as a nation and a uh, medical community and figure this out and stop it because it's, it's not stopping, it's not slowing, it's re-accelerating. Ed, Ed, are none you, of these organizations at, that are handing out, go ahead, Kelly. I was just say, Ed, when you look at the data that from the UK, the data that you'd been presenting before, um, are for any of the categories, uh, does the increase seem to be slowing? Are we hitting a plateau on any of them or do they all continue to increase? Uh, what, what was the pattern, the trajectory of the so, increases? So the, it, uh, 2022, it accelerated. And uh, we only have data as of Jan 23. Um, I We wanna obviously, when we get that data, we'll update this, but we, we, I would love to see it come down in 2023. Unfortunately, given the U.S. disability data we just saw that's re more real time as of June, I suspect it, it, it might be continuing to hopefully at least the rate of change slow, but the trend will probably still not be our friend. Okay. I, I'm uh, curious that the, the people, really quick, Kelly, I'm just curious about the people that are writing the checks. Why aren't the people who have the purse strings uh, freaking out, frankly? Why aren't they, why aren't, and, and if, and you presented this stuff to a senator, what are they doing about this? What are the, are any regulators, are they just being silent about it while they try to figure it out? Or is there really a complete lack of, willingness to accept that something's happening well we can say for certain in the uk they, if they haven't noticed this increase then they're asleep at the switch but there's definitely a, a potential problem in the uk pension disability system uh in the us we have not had access to the data that uh, uh disability data we only have access to this uh, uh, uh bls survey but i suspect Money going out through our disability system has increased substantially, and if we had access to the data, we could show that. So, the bottom line is money, money, monies are now changing hands. I know for a fact that long-term and short-term disability at insurance companies is well above trend. They're starting to ask questions. They're not as concerned because they'll just price it up if the trend doesn't correct itself. They still think it's going back to normal, but the insurance companies will just raise prices, unfortunately. So this is becoming. I will tell you, becoming a disaster. I, I will tell you, Drew, that the the life insurance companies in the United States are freaking out. Uh, January of 2022, the article came out by the you know the CEO of the largest life insurance company in the United States, saying that all cause mortality was up 40 percent in working class working age people, people between the ages of 19 and 49, up 40 percent. And they were freaking out because the life insurance companies cannot remain solvent at that rate. So uh, they've they've gone radio silent recently. But I suspect that they uh, and the disability uh, insurers and the health insurers are starting to freak out. Uh, as Ed said, unfortunately, and that's think. one of the things I, I want to out is what's the there's an impact beyond just the human suffering component of it. And the financial yeah. impact yes. of this is huge in terms of the impact it's going to have on not only you know the, the medical system, the healthcare system, the availability of resources, but the cost of insurance. So let's talk, Ed, did you look at all at what this means in the UK in terms of people no longer in the workforce because they are on disability? Were you guys able to, mm. to get into that at all? No, we, we haven't. We, we've, we've analyzed uh, absences and lost work time. We haven't looked at their overall disability and employment data. What, 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 I, what I can say is that um, the insurance companies are really going to lose a lot of money in disability. You got to remember, deaths are, are tragic, but they're smaller in number. The disabilities mm -hmm. are much larger. 
And this problem is going to continue for years unless they wake up. Yeah, so that not only are they paying out disability, but one has to assume with these massive increases of people make, you know, having claims paid that those people are likely no longer in the workforce. That's why they're getting disability. So you have to, you know, you look at actually workforce, who's employed, who's not, uh, and how you run things. Let's look at what we're dealing with in this country. You can't find people to work. There are companies that literally are hamstrung because they can't get employees. If you start sidelining mm -hmm. your otherwise your previously able-bodied folks, Drew, because they now have a neurologic problem or a cardiac problem or an autoimmune system issue and can't work, you know this is devastating on a lot of levels. Well, let me yeah. let me also highlight yeah. something that happened this weekend. Luke Grauman is a, an economist who. He didn't name the cause, but he said, what if U.S. disability rolls have gone up 5 million and the unemployment number has been affected by that so the Federal Reserve uh, is getting the wrong signal and keeping interest rates too long, too high for too long? So this, this has implications beyond. The Fed, is, I think the, Fed is, the Federal Reserve is making a policy error because they're looking at the employment numbers, which is low unemployment. But if, if, the, if more people are disappearing due to disability, the unemployment number is is all messed up and the signal's wrong. So right. what I'm happy about is that a, a mainstream economist started to point this out, that something's going on with disability. And that's all I, you know, look, I, I have my theories, but this needs to be a national conversation. I'm happy to see someone uh, call it out as a problem and it's messing up other economic uh, numbers. So, you know, other than the economic piece, I mean, the question really is, Drew, who's, you know, in our country, in the United States, it's very clear, it is the CDC's job, it is their mandate to look into this data. That's what they are supposed to do. If any one of these parameters, any one of these groups uh, of conditions was increased God knows, you know, three sigma, let alone 60 sigma, it is their job to say what the heck is going on in cardiovascular disease or neurologic disease or genital urinary disease, let alone across the board. But the CDC has turned a blind eye at this from what I can tell. I mean, Ed, are you seeing anybody in the US or the UK from that perspective, from the public health perspective, looking at this saying what the heck is going on? No, not at all. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, ba it's, ba it's baffling to me. And what, what we're, our next report that we're going to do is we like to check our work, right? So this, this, is, this is one database. We have ac we're going to get access, hopefully, to the NIH uh, systems, causes, and apps. We already have their app. We, we already put it on our website, which I haven't talked about because it's too much noise for too many people to understand. But NIH absence and hours, uh, work hours lost mirrors the general UK economy. We're going to get causes for the NIH system, the staff employed, and we're probably going to find similar data to the UK PIP, uh, personal independence pension system. So we like to check our work, and we, we, we think we're going to get the same results in a different database. We like to have more than one database. Yeah. Well, interestingly, one of the things that occurred to me uh, when I, you were looking at the increases, and particularly because you used as your your trend, your your uh, parameter for trend was from 2016 through 19. Some months ago, many months ago, I had uh, Colonel Teresa Long uh, from the military on to look. She exposed what they found in DMED, the Defense Military Epidemiology Database, which remarkably shows very, very similar increases. They looked, they looked at increases in pulmonary emboli, for example, blood clots to the lung. They looked at increases in fertility issues, increases in, in cardiac issues, and found very similar numbers to what you are seeing in the UK in terms of increases. 400% increase, say, in the incidence of pulmonary emboli, blood clots to the lung, in 2021 and 22 compared to that same period of time, looking from 2016 to 19. So it, I suspect you are right. When If you were to look, really get into the granular data in the U.S., I suspect you're going to find something uh, really uh, very similar. And the data, I think, is going to be easily replicated. Um, so I guess it, what I would ask you now is, of all the data you looked at, go back to the U.K. data, what was the category, if there was one, 
that stuck out to you the most? What was the most overwhelming one that you saw? Well, it was hematological on, on an absolute numbers basis, but uh, looking at what's going on with um, the uh, reproductive system, looks like women are getting it worse than men, in, in our opinion. Mm -hmm. So yeah, inter right. it's interesting. That is interesting because for a couple of reasons. One is that's consistent with what Naomi Wolf has been reporting for quite some time, number one. And then on the hematology side, I, I wonder that we need to kind of parse that out a little bit. I'm wondering if you have oncology data because when you say hematology, I'm going to bet most of that is clotting disorders and PE and things yeah. like that. I'm going to bet there, there, an, because it's oncology. not going to be leukemia. Yeah. There's an oncology um, uh, body system, and then it breaks down into the different. Here, let me just take a quick look. It breaks down into the different. Uh, um, let me go to oncology. So, it breaks cancers of the gut, breast cancer, respiratory tract, uh, genitinary tract, hematological cancers of the hematological system, cancers of the brain and spinal right. cord. So we have an oncology section that gives a bunch of different classifications, and we and in our, that, in our, and in that's our up report, how much? We, which one do you want? Yeah, the uh, the general okay. category oncology. Uh, oncology on a monthly basis. Let me do total. Is on a uh, let's just do percent. On a monthly basis, it's up 19. On an annual basis, it's up uh, 35. And 35 on sigma? Store, no, that's that's percentage. The sigma percentage, on a monthly okay. basis. The, the sigma the sigma is on monthly only two standard only two standard deviations, but it, the signal but shows only up two on standard deviations. Yeah, but yeah. only that, two. But, but to know, be we, fair, we, that we, could we, be that. If we look at that by age group and stuff, that could be screening, that could be, you know, living alone and not eating right and not exercising and all the other stuff we did to people by lockdown. That's conceivable. It's conceivable. I'm not saying it is. Yeah. It's conceivable. The other stuff, no, be, yeah. not, not conceivable. Well, well, what will be interesting is, you know, well, hold on, hold on. I was giving, I was giving you bad, bad data. Um, uh, the, the percent increase is 35. The Z score on an annual basis for oncology, all of oncology is, uh, where's the Z score? Is uh, 15. Ooh. Okay. 15 on it. In 22. In 22. Okay. In, in 15 and 22. In 21, the Z score was uh, 3. So it's gone up in 22. So this is all oncology. I was, I was looking at a specific cancer before so i apologize so whatever that cancer okay. i was looking at right. standard deviations yeah. I will tell you what we are seeing clinically to try to put a clinical mm. uh, perspective on this is we are seeing sort of two categories of things related to cancers. Number one, we are seeing turbo cancers, reactivation of cancers that had been previously deemed to be in remission uh, that are coming back with a vengeance where people go from being, quote, in remission to fundamentally dead, having metastatic disease everywhere, overwhelming in a matter many times of weeks, uh, if not just months. So we're seeing these turbo cancers, and then we're seeing the more indolent cancers ones that are coming on more slowly. I suspect what you will see, unfortunately, and I, I, I don't uh, take any joy in being right on this, but I'm guessing what we will see is the cancer line uh, ed continue to increase. Other things may plateau, things like you know auditory issues, tinnitus, you know issues of blood clotting may plateau uh, at, over time if, if you and I are correct about what's actually causing these. But the incidence of cancers, reproductive issues, those things will continue to increase over a matter of, of years, unfortunately. Cancer, it looks like cancers came on in 22 statistically. They were not yeah. really present in 21 and 20. And I'm right. looking at breast cancer. Yeah. I'm looking, so I'm in oncology looking at cancer of the breast. And that Z score is 9.7. And in 21, it was. Um, 1.2 so it was it was near normal so one standard deviation in 21 jumped up to nine in 22 and i can look at uh um yeah you guys can go go look at all the different cancers that uh and, and play with it i mean there's so much data here we were, we were overwhelmed that's why we're like 
We want to get this in the hands of doctors to look at. Okay, so you've talked to, you were not the first folks you've talked to about this. What sorts of theories, uh, I know what your theory is, you know what my theory is about what's causing this. Uh, I'm pretty clear on how I feel about it. But what other theories are you hearing? What other credible explanations? And people all day long, you people disagree with me. I'm fine with people disagreeing with me, but you're obligated if you do disagree to come up with what's your explanation, what's somebody else's explanation? What are some possible things that could that could possibly explain these massive increases across the board of all of these different categories? And as I said, specifically of all of the itises, what are some of the things you're hearing, Ed? Well, uh, I've not heard anything. The, the what, what I looked at on the shows I've been on, no one has no one has uh, come up with an alternative explanation. But in my Twitter, when I look at some of the people who want to uh, dismiss my data, they claim it's the baby boomers aging, and that's why these numbers are the way they are. It's the baby boomers. Well, if that's the case, we're in a heap of trouble because uh, <laughs> we're not getting any younger. Uh, we're in a heap of trouble. <laughs> well, I'd, li- I'd like to see. I'd like to see another period of uh, another moment in history where an aging population suddenly got a ton of uh, hematological problems yeah. and, and hypercoagulability out of the blue. I'd, I'd love to see that moment in history. Yeah. It's never so, happened. Yeah. So you're you're able on. I talked about cancer of the breast. Um, and I gave you the total uh, Z-score. You can break it down by age group, and I just put in 25 through 29, and the Z-score for that category is up almost four standard deviations. And in 2021, it was minus uh, one standard deviation. So it, 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 it fluctuates. You can see in the data for 25 through 29, it fluctuates up and down a little bit every year, but this thing, it took off in 22. So this is occurring in all different. I just randomly picked 25 through 29. That's why we need doctors to go through this data and help us. Again, yeah. there's so much of it. We, we didn't want to pretend we knew what we were talking about. Okay. Yeah. Well, I would I would say, you know, if again, if I try to put on my, you know, uh, just look at this, um, you know, analytically and say, what do we need to sort of sort through this? It seems to me, you know, if I had, you know, wishes were horses, um, I would I would say what we need, we'd love to have this same data uh, from a country or from countries or from an area that had similar outbreaks of, of COVID um, that we had here in the United States, and they certainly had in the UK, but didn't get exposed to some of the other things that we got exposed to here in the United States and in the UK. Namely, for example, lockdowns uh, would be one thing, mass masking mandates, and certainly a mass vaccine rollout. So I things that places that come to mind would be places like sub-Saharan Africa, uh, where vaccination rates are very, very low. Um, but COVID was very, very high. COVID was rampant there, um, but they did not have a mass vaccination effort. Um, unless you can compare it to that and really start sorting out, uh, you know, I don't know how we get to the bottom of this because the naysayers for me, when I argue that I believe these are vaccine-related uh, issues, and I firmly believe that, the argument that I hear most is that, no, this was COVID. It's because everybody had COVID, and COVID is the culprit. Right. COVID is what has driven up right, right. Um, the Isn't that true? I mean, that's pretty much the yes. argument that and I there, hear. And, and there have been some studies that, that have sort of suggested that. They've not been great studies, but no one has looked at the vaccine side of this, which is, it has to kind of all be taken into a account and and you're and they've been very reluctant to even look at the covid side because of possible implication to the to the vaccine side as well all we really needed which we never got was age match controls vaccinated unvaccinated go forward for three years that's it that's all we needed to do that was in the annals of internal medicine about three months ago and i completely agree with that we didn't do that so now we're stuck with people with a whole mishmash and this is what i ask ed we have a mishmash of covid and vaccinated not vaccinated and covid is there any data analysis you can imagine where you could parse those pieces out is there a way to do that with the data that's available through the government agencies well the problem uh there's a i think you've had some of these folks on your show there's a there's a classification problem going on in terms of you know covid versus 
non-COVID vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Yeah, so the yeah. data, that, that's yeah. why we, we decided to stay away from that data because it, it seems compromised. That's why we, we, we stuck with uh, yeah. the metadata. But the reason we love this UK pension data is because these people are not going to pay a claim unless they clear it and they think it's legit. So these causes right. we suspect are, are, are legit because money is being exchanged. And that, that gives validity to the data, in my humble opinion. And if you look, you look just from my perspective, again, as a physician, since you're asking for the input of people who here's a, the explanation, I would say, Drew, is we know that, you know, inflammation is very complicated and, you know, inflammation yes. always involves a cascade. You start off with, you know, mm -hmm. the inflammatory process is a cascade. It involves lots of things like histamines and cytokines. Mm -hmm. And you start tumbling down this slope of inflammation. So. And generally, when you remove the thing causing the inflammation, the inflammation will stop, but not always. That cascade sometimes requires you to interrupt it somehow. Sometimes we have steroids or something else that shuts off that cascade and says, no more, stop, yeah. stop behaving this way, immune yeah. system. We know that COVID causes inflammation. We know that the thing yeah. About COVID that causes inflammation is that spike protein. That's well proven. It's that toxic spike on the outside of the virus that causes some people to develop this wild inflammatory response. But when you get COVID, the virus doesn't stick around forever. You eventually clear it. Some people more quickly than others. Some people clear it in a matter of days, other people in weeks. But once you have cleared it, the spike protein, the thing causing that nation, is no longer around. And it's just a matter of making sure that the inflammatory cascade has turned off. When you get vaccinated, on the other hand, you now become a little spike protein factory. There is no off switch. There is no way to stop to remove the thing causing the inflammation from your body. No matter how much steroids you throw at it, you are still cranking out the very thing that is causing the problem. So I don't think it's a big leap. And again, argue with me. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me what your plausible explanation uh, I, is. But in my well, viewpoint, I, I, the I, idea that yeah. we have turned people into spike factories was a dumb idea. Yeah. And we're seeing the results. I, uh, I, have, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, and to, to that, that's a nice way of putting it, by the way. <laughs> that's a dumb idea. I agree with that. But, but, but uh, there's two observations I have that I just want to toss in. One is that, you know, we've been very involved with the long COVID people. And one of the potential causes of long COVID is, is persistent spike protein intracytoplasmically in non-classical mm -hmm. monocytes that enter into right. the CNS, don't go through their normal apoptotic cycle and are causing inflammation mm -hmm. directly, not the spike protein, the monocytes, which is kind of an interesting mm -hmm. We don't know what something's going maybe going on there. The other thing, and this I've been thinking a lot about this lately. I have seen a ton of adverse reactions in young people on the vaccine. I've seen the usual spectrum of post-COVID stuff that we've all seen. I have not seen a single adverse event in an elderly patient from the vaccine. And I've vaccinated a bunch of them. And that's odd. That is odd to me that, that I can see anecdotally and in my practice, I see young people getting all kinds of stuff that I worry about from the vaccine. None of that do I see in elderly patients. And I don't know what to make of that right now, except that I've had some very complicated cases, you know, people with hepatic failure and TB. I, I treat very sick elderly people sometimes. And the fact that they were vaccinated was reassuring to me and didn't enter into the course of these illnesses, except, you know, I didn't have to add Paxlovid to the five TB medications and worry about more hepatic failure. I just rested on the vaccine. It's a very different thing. It almost goes back to the original observations of the Great Barrington observation, Great Barrington uh, declaration is that's a separate group both in terms of COVID and the vaccine, maybe. But no one is really parsing that out. I'm just here as an observer. I might be wrong. I might be completely off base. I may have just been lucky. I'm going to see a ton of shit later. I don't know. But there's my observation. So I'm just throwing it out there. You know, you know thank you for that observation. I have a question for you, too. So I'm just, you know, a data guy. What we found interesting is all these um, 
uh, disorder started to take off in 22. And what I know about the, you know, the, the, the COVID-19 virus is that it was getting less virulent as time went on. So I'm just at a loss as to why these things accelerated in 22 with Omicron. And, 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 and so that, that's why I have my theory that I have, as you all know. It just makes, I, I, again, it makes no sense to me. No, I, I agree. There's no question. Your your observation is spot on. Uh, as the virus mutated, it did exactly what we would have predicted, which is it became more contagious, more transmissible, but at the same time, less virulent. And Omicron has been, uh, for the vast, vast majority of people, a very mild illness akin oh, yeah. to a common cold. Oh, yeah. uh, it's very, very mild. Yeah. Yet we are seeing, continuing to see these increases. And it appears, if you look, I mean, again, at the data from the United States, not looking at disability data, but actually looking at the medical data and the VAERS data, it appears that these that the shots are cumulative, that if people are going to have an adverse event, it builds with the more shots they get. Um, so there's no question, for example, that the incidence of myocarditis is highest after the second shot or the third shot. You know, they, they seem to build. So the people, uh, I don't know, Drew, you know, if your experience with your population is oh, yeah. replicable. I can tell you, I've seen a lot of people with elderly people with bad events, but I think um, after the vaccines, but I think no doubt it, it appears to be cumulative. The more shots you get, the more likely yeah. you are to have. I uh, think that's true. Well, you know, look, we, ha we have the perfect situation coming tomorrow. We have Dr. Yaden coming in here as a former Pfizer executive who I think agrees with you about the spike factory that he has sort of coined that, used that same terminology. And we can can really get into our theories about how to try to explain uh, Dowd's data. Um, it's it's stunning. It's disturbing. Uh, I, I feel, you know, again, I've watched John Campbell sit in his videos and shake his head like, why? what is wrong with our, our government? Why aren't they speaking? What's wrong with the media? Why isn't somebody saying, is there something here or not? Please explain. Uh, and if and, it's COVID, please explain. But nothing. Zero. It's just, silence. It's just, it's, it's ripe, and I think it makes you, Ed, all the more credible because you're not a doctor, because it's you and a team of Wall Street, you know, nerds, a bunch of, you know, pattern gurus. <laughs> mathematicians. Yeah. Mathematicians. Guys who are really good at understanding patterns and numbers are saying, hey, we don't have a dog in this fight. We're just telling you what the data show. And what the data show is overwhelming. I mean, it is terrifying because the implications of this, as I said, not just from a financial perspective, but from a, you know, the toll on humanity, human suffering, what we are in for if this, if this trend continues and these numbers continue. And oh. you're telling me, that, that they're not plateauing. You're telling me these numbers are not it's plateauing. We, we are we Ugh. are in for a shitstorm. Uh, you know, in terms <laughs> of what this means for us. You know, it, that, that's a that's a medical yeah. term, a technical medical term um, for what we are going to be facing if we don't get our arms around this and figure out what's causing it and how to stop it. Look, yeah. bottom line is that these, these regulatory bodies, these watchdogs that we trust, have billion-dollar budgets across the board, billions of dollars in budget. They see what we see, and they're silent. And that's all I have to say about that. This is a cover-up of something at, at this point. And they have billions of dollars. We were, we've been able to parse this out with you know, a team of seven or eight of us. They see what we see. And that's I'll just mic drop that. Somebody needs to you know, have a come to Jesus moment and, 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 and have a national conversation, global conversation about this data. Because it's if, we, if this goes, if this remains the way it remains, Houston, we have a problem and I'm predicting glacial Mad Max in five years unless we figure this out. Okay. Well, we'll God leave it at you. that. Thank, you for, thank uh, you for being here again, Ed, and for continuing. You've been indefatigable uh, on this, and I um, I appreciate it, and we appreciate you making – we'll bring, keep bringing you back. Uh, keep dropping the bombshells. Yeah, thanks, Ed. I appreciate it. Much appreciate it. There's thank the book, you. Cause Unknown, and, of course, it's uh, Finance Technologies, P-H-I-N-A-N-C-E is where you can find him. And we really appreciate you coming and presenting the data. And Kelly, tomorrow we are at 11.30 Pacific time. I will see you 11.30 a.m. Pacific time. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. 
I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor, and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com slash help. And you see how it goes up way up in the top there, that's not enough room. If it gets in the middle, you're kind of okay, right? Kind of right. get it? You know what you're looking at there? I have no idea. I've okay. never seen this before. This is against our religion and God. That's the that's the mark of the beast right there. That's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the devil's I saw, eyes there. I saw, I saw Moses is like, whoa, guys, lies over a little bit. I'm like, the no. crest of the... Yeah. That's, that's so. devil stuff. <laughs>